support for this podcast comes from Staffing Future. Nowadays, your recruitment website needs to do more than just validate your business. Websites are your digital front door, where new clients and great talent should come knocking. So do you want your recruitment website to stand out from the crowd, generate new business leads and placement revenue? If that's a yes, then talk to Staffing Future, the recruitment website and technology experts. Get a free website and technology stack review and competitor analysis today. Just visit staffingfuture.com slash rules. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. This is the Marketing Rules Podcast. Do you know the new rules of marketing? Here is your host, James Whitelock. This week, Marketing Rules Podcast welcomes back Matt Alder, host of the Recruiting Future Podcast, author and HR tech expert. I spoke to Matt right at the beginning of our podcasting journey. So this time we chatted about what's changed in that year, the current state of HR and marketing tech, and what's in store for 2021. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules Podcast, and I'm joined today by Recruitment's Podcaster's Podcaster, Matt Older. <laughs> I, I spent ages trying to think of that intro, Matt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We've even got the same microphone. That's uh, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we've, got, we've got the glasses. You know, we're both kind of not, uh, uh, narcissistic enough to have our faces on our, on our marketing material. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I don't have the beard. I just can't. I just can't I, grow one that's impressive enough. That's I'm the, now not allowed to get rid of it because it's so ingrained into the marketing of the podcast. I couldn't get rid of it even if I wanted to now. <laughs> Um, but uh so it's great to have you back on you were on about a year ago when we kind of first started this so we're not going to necessarily kind of uh, kind of go over too much about kind of podcasting this time we're going to i want to dip more into your kind of your recruitment tech brain basically but i just wanted to say one congratulations on reaching 300 episodes and and passing uh, a million downloads as well yeah that was a that was a few months back um yeah it's great to great to kind of hit those milestones and I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive and growing audience who who help me to 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 do two podcasts a week basically so uh so yeah it's um it's uh, it's fantastic and um I get a lot of support and help which is which is amazing um I was talking to uh, your friend of mine, Stephen O'Donnell, the other day, uh, and I said to him that you know you were going to be on the podcast, and I said to I said to Stephen that uh, if um, if imitation is the greatest form of flattery, then I literally just ripped off your podcast. When I when <laughs> basically, I when I first started out, it was kind of like right, do I want to be um, Adam Buxton? And I tried that, didn't work. I'm not very good at that kind of thing. Um, and it says, okay, let's, who else? Who else is really good at this? Okay, let's, let's listen to listen to all of yours. And it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a go at that. I'm nowhere near, obviously, but um, you know, that's that that was that. There's a goal there, you know. Well, that's you know, that's that's lovely to hear. That's lovely <laughs> to hear. Um, but we're not on here to talk about podcasts today. We're actually going to talk about something um, a little bit more kind of serious, I think, probably. Um, Obviously, on your podcast, it's it's it, the Recruiting Future podcast with Matt Alder. If no one's listened to it, go out and have a go and check it out. But there's a lot around um, the future of recruitment and the future of recruitment tech. Uh, and I thought today we could kind of have a little chat around that. And 
just kind of get just pick your brain on what you've learned from from the 300 episodes and from the all the kinds of people that you've spoken about so um let's pick off uh recruitment tech first okay let's see where we can go with that and where do you see it's changed over the last so how long have you you've been doing a podcast how many years now five years i've been doing a podcast for five years so from when you started to now you know, you must have seen quite a change in in recruitment tech at that point. Um, what ha- what has been those changes that you've you've seen? Yeah, it's an interesting question. One of the things that I would have said before this year is the the rate of change in terms of the technology that's being developed has been you know has been super fast. Uh, new things have come on to the market. Um, all of the time, you know, loads of startups, lots of VC money going into HR tech and recruiting tech in particular. But uh, adoption's been very, very uneven. So um, I tend to talk to practitioners, heads of talent acquisition on the on the podcast, and it, it's a real kind of uneven split in terms of what technology people are using, the reasons why they're buying it. Um, being stuck with legacy systems and all that kind of stuff. So there was this kind of, there was this kind of big disconnect between the technology that was available and what employers were actually using. This year has been unprecedented for Mm -hmm. many, many reasons. (laughs) Um, But I think we've kind of, we're starting to see a a leveling out now. We've, you know, we've seen a great big leap forward for recruiting tech because all employers are being forced to use technology to a greater extent than they were back in back in January and February. Now, some organizations were already set up to do that, already had video interviewing software in there, you know, great strategies, great processes. Other people have had to sort of build that, uh, build that on the on the fly. And it's it's very, very clear that we're not going back to where we were in January in terms of where technology was fitting into the recruit, recruiting process. And I think we're at a very interesting time now because I think that there are a lot of employers and a lot of employers that I speak to who are now reviewing their technology to see what they have and to see if what they have is fit for purpose for the way their recruiting strategies are kind of shaping up for 2021 into 2022. So I, I think we have had... Um, I've called this sort of elsewhere, sort of forced digital acceleration, forced yep. accelerated digital transformation. Let's use as many words as possible. Um, <laughs> but it's been a, you know, it, it, it has been a big leap forward in terms of recruiting technology. And um, I think the future is still uncertain, but it's very clear that uh, adoption has massively accelerated. And I think that takes us to a, uh, to a, to a place next year that we probably wouldn't have anticipated being in. Um, and is there any specific kind of tech in there that you would kind of pick out? I mean, you mentioned video, um, but there must be kind of more beyond that. Because I mean, video is kind of the obvious one that everyone's kind of using, but there must be other bits, other things in there that you've kind of spotted as well. Yeah, I think the real growth area this year, um, and I'm going to caveat that a bit in a minute in terms of what I mean by that, has, has been automation. 
So any software that drives process automation or communication automation has done really well this year because people have been adopting uh, that automation to, you know, to deal with the fact that they're having to, to, you know, still recruit with smaller teams or they've got more volume coming through. So I think that recruiting automation has taken a really big step forward this year. Mm-hmm. I caveat that because we were talking about automation last year and I was reading some ridiculous articles that claimed, you know, 50% of the recruiting process is already automated. Um, You know, yesterday someone was claiming that 70% of CVs were read by robots first. And we know that that is all nonsense. Mm -hmm. So recruiting automation is, is coming in. There is some absolutely fantastic technologies that do some amazing things, but, but adoption is still, you know, is still at a very, very early stage. So that, is really what I've got my eye on for the next, uh, you know, for the next two years, really. How is technology going to automate various parts of the recruitment process, recruitment marketing, um, communication, and, um, you know, the recruitment process itself? And I think that we are only at the beginning of what that what that kind of revolution is, is going to look like. And I think in, before we've always been very cautious about using the word revolution, because as we know, mm-hmm. things take a very, very long time to change or used to take a very, very long time to change in talent acquisition. So we normally talk about evolution, but I, but I think this is revolution. I think, um, you know, everything has, everything has changed and I'm really, really interested to see what happens moving forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point about the automation piece because um, I think I think people kind of get it the wrong way around, like the, the people you were quoting. I think it's possible to automate 70% of the process. There is in no one who's actually done 70% of the process. You know, I think most people have kind of picked off chunks as and when they need or when they've been cleverly sold to or they've been forced down this kind of road as they are at the minute to say, right, this part of the process we can automate that bit of the process we can automate but i don't think anyone that i've come across as yet has kind of got a you know over over 20 percent of the process kind of automated at this moment you know i think that's that's difficult to see um i think probably because so much of it's quite disparate at the minute we still live in this kind of age where you know that bit over there doesn't really plug into that bit over there and this bit over here and you can't really get all the kind of the, the kind of the jigsaw to kind of um, to fit together uh, so that's kind of my experience but again i agree we definitely see more automation kind of coming along yeah absolutely i think uh, you know i think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there it's um you know, to automate something, you you have to have the right kind of process in place to to do that, and you have to have the right technology in place to do that, um, and and all that kind of and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, I, I think that's where we that's where we are at the moment. There there are some great there are some great tools out there, um, but even those tools just scratch the surface of what's possible. So you know, what I do on my podcast is I just take these topics and try and dive into them from every possible angle that I can. So I've spoken to uh, employers who are, who are doing various aspects of recruiting automation. I've spoken to suppliers who are building some uh, pretty impressive products um, and trying to drive the adoption. But I also, you know, I kind of re- went into, I went down a rabbit hole with it and I had someone come on, a consultant come on and talk about um, the nuts and bolts of robotic process automation and, and how it works and the, the, the theories and technologies that sit behind all of this. And it's just really clear that actually 
to a certain extent, recruiting is is playing catch up. And I think a lot of that is because it is such a, it's a discipline that relies so much on people talking and communicating with other people. Yeah. It's not like accounting, uh, you know, where where automation, um, you know, is, is probably much more advanced. Um, you know, it, it's that kind of human aspect and, and understanding how automation works in that context is, is really where I think we are right now. I was kind of also get the feeling that there's a disconnect between the providers of marketing automation not myself or automation in general let's say uh, and the people that want to use it and there's a misunderstanding of what automation actually means um you know there's the the, the tech, tech providers are very clear on on their definition of automation but i think there's a there's a misunderstanding in the in the buyers of what automation actually is and sometimes i think there's some misselling of what of something that's meant to be automated and it's not yeah. actually automated it's probably just sequential or something like that yeah and and we're doing it right now by talking about recruiting automation as if it's actually a singular thing yeah. that you can buy or you can do um and it's a really complex situation you know you've got lots of different aspects of marketing lots of aspects of communication lots of aspects of of, of process and, and automation looks different in all of those cases as you say um, different types of automation. Is this intelligent automation if that actually exists? Um, or is it, is it just kind of repeatable steps? What, what is it? And that's why I find it such an interesting, I think it's a really interesting topic. And I don't think it's one that we have explored as an industry or as commentators on the industry in enough detail. I think it just comes down to this, it's recruiting automation, we're, we're going to buy it. Um, and then you get into, for years, there's been this, this what I call this pantomime argument about, you know, it, and it, it's expressed as something like, can you, it used to be, could you, can you replace a recruiter with an algorithm? Which in itself is a meaningless, <laughs> is a meaningless, is a meaningless sentence, meaningless question. Um, but then it would just trigger this this non debate, this kind of pantomime response of, oh no, you can't. Oh yes, you can, <laughs> with no nuance, no no exploration of what it actually means, um, and some very entrenched positions on something that isn't actually a question. So I, I think it's it's great to move past that and actually dive into some of the, you know, some of the nuance and some of the depth around this and look what's, uh, you know, what's possible. And, and as I say, the, the, the circumstances that many companies find themselves in mean that, you know, in, in some respects, this is something they, they have to look at and something they have to do. Um, are there any particular kind of bits of automation or automation tools that you kind of been being impressed by? Or, I mean, can you name check anyone? Yeah. I mean, there's a few, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult because again, you know, we're trying to, I think we're trying to force a category on something that, that isn't a category. Um, you know, you've got uh, tools, that, you know, companies like um, uh, Paradox and Zor and, uh, you know, Eightfold and, and various others who kind of get put into that kind of AI automation bucket, but they actually do, they actually do, they actually do sort of different things. Um, in recruitment marketing, marketing automation has been around for, um, as we know, has been around for ages and recruiting has been, been adopting that, um, you know, to a greater lesser extent in various aspects of, of recruit, recruitment marketing. So, you know, I think there's some, there's some great, there are some great tools out there that deal with some very specific aspects of what, um, you know, of, 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 of automating recruit recruiting. 
I think what was interesting for me was to really get into the robotic process automation, the stuff that sits behind all of this um, and understand the, the providers and the, um, you know, the technology that actually a lot of these, a lot of these systems are, are, um, are being built on. Um, one other company came to mind, actually, um, Smart Dreamers, who do recruitment marketing automation, who I think have got some, have got some interesting technology, but there are, there are lots of them out there and I don't yeah. want to, yeah. I don't want to offend anyone by, by <laughs> missing them out yes. because they're yeah. not at the top I'll, of my head right now. Other automation providers are available out there, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and are, are fantastic in their own right. And please don't <laughs> phone me up and have a go at me for not um, mentioning you. Um, it's all right. No one listens to podcasts anyway, so we'll be fine. <laughs> um, I'd, heard, I'd heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that must have been, been from me because it would have been a listener. Um, so on the flip side is what are the things that you found that possibly we should avoid then? You know, because obviously we've come, we've talked about automation and possibly the the kind of automation revolution, and that is something that everyone really should be looking at, but in a slightly more kind of nuanced and subtle way. And you know, not that it's not use it as a kind of a blanket to cover all of recruitment, but is there things that have become either overhyped or that are just kind of not ready for market yet, or anything else that maybe is just kind of should we should just be a little wary of right now? Yeah, I think most recruiting technology has been overhyped at some um, at some stage at some stage or other. I, I think the, the, the I think one of the issues in our industry is a lot of the um, the, the narrative on social and on podcasts and um, in, in you know in, in all of the the noise. I wasn't going to say at events, but we don't have face to face events anymore. But online events. A lot of that narrative is being driven by vendors and suppliers who are, uh, you know, coming up with great solutions to problems that may or may not actually um, actually exist. And I think that can sometimes take us down these these these, these fantasy rabbit holes of, um, you know, things that could be done, um, but actually no one. It's not enough. It's not a big enough problem for someone to actually invest time in time in doing. So, I think there are two. You know, rather than sort of pick on a specific technology, I suppose yeah. there's two bits to this that I would say. First of all, I think that a lot of people buy technology because they think it sounds great, because they think it's going to solve a particular problem for them, or they feel like they're missing out. They feel that everyone's talking about X provider and actually we should give them a trial because that's where all the cool kids are. Um, and, uh, you know, um, that's, that's going to make my career if I, if I, if I, if I buy this software for my, for my company. Um, and that's really irrelevant. It's all about having the right strategy in for, for technology in terms of supporting the direction that you're going in in your in your business and i and i just see that not happening as much mm. as it um as much as it should so i think that's the first thing it's like understand the, the strategy that you have and what you're trying to do and then go and look for technology that supports that strategy or um you know moves that moves that strategy forward and then i think very specifically around marketing automation in recruitment marketing um you know there are some brilliant tools out there you can automate entire funnels of of this that that and the other um and that's amazing but if you don't have the right content or the right thinking behind it or the right understanding of your target audience what we tend to see and i think we do this a lot in recruitment is just you know spamming on steroids oh yeah um, I'm just going to buy this amazing bit of kit and I'm just going to plug a load of job ads into it and just send them to everybody everywhere for forever. Um, so I think it's, yeah, 
it, 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 and again, that's down to down to down to marketing strategy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that has to come before before technology. And I think sometimes because of the way that the narrative in our industry works, um, the, the, everything everything kind of happens backwards. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna follow up on the the marketing automation. Um, even though being a marketeer and running a digital marketing agency, uh, those kind of pieces of kind of spammy marketing automation, where you know when you get an email from someone on LinkedIn or you get a response to a, a LinkedIn connection, you know it's kind of automated, um, and it feels just it, it is doing exactly the opposite of what you're trying to do. And just alienating people instead of kind of being more transparent and bringing them into it, you know. Absolutely, and and sometimes with with all these all the channels that we've that we've got, um, the the obvious stuff isn't always, you know, it's it's not always the obvious stuff that that works. So just you know, for, so using my own experience of marketing my podcast now, like you, um, you know, I'm chopping up content and building Instagram up as a channel and putting stuff in LinkedIn and sending out emails to my email list and worrying every week that I spend too much, too long editing and not enough time promoting. <laughs> but actually, I mean, podcasting is actually, you've got me talking about, I've managed to swing this back to podcasting. Podcasting is interesting because, you know, it, it is all about people subscribing, but what's been interesting to me is the most powerful, um, the most sort of powerful posts that have appeared on social media that have driven traffic to my podcast have been from other people and very often other people I don't even know. So there's been three or four occasions in the last few months where someone I don't know, in some cases, someone I'm not even connected to has, has written a really long post or a blog post or, um, you know, kind of drawn everyone's attention to an interview that I've, that I've published. Um, and that's brought me the most engagement in terms of, in terms of people, um, uh, in terms of people checking out the the, the podcast, and what that says to me is actually the content um, is far more important than the promotion was, because that's the content speaking for itself and actually, you know, motivating someone to promote it to an audience that I would probably not have reached if they hadn't done that. And I'm very grateful to those um, to those people who've done that. And if anyone anyone else wants to do that, I can, I'll be very grateful for <laughs> them as well. Um, but that, I mean, that's that's the kind of content is king kind of philosophy, isn't it? You know, that, um, that uh, if good content and relevant content aimed at the right people, is gonna, it should, in inverted commas, should always do better than just kind of spamming people. Um, uh, and I completely agree. I mean, we obviously, the, uh, this podcast isn't on the same level as yours, but definitely that kind of advocacy from other people is when it kind of really switches on. And um, we're very keen on our guests that kind of do a lot of the actual promotion themselves once we kind of once we go and that's where a lot of this is kind of driven from not necessarily from the stuff that we're we're doing kind of our own promotion but actually from the guests themselves and it's you know i mean that really holds true for jobs as well that that kind of advocacy can't say it um you know about a company but also making it easy for people to easy for people to do that is that's just very powerful recruitment marketing yeah, um, I know that kind of advocacy piece is very popular at the minute, and that's a word that kind of keeps popping up. It's very, it seems to be trending. Is that kind of employer advocacy piece? You know, it take it seems to almost taken over from uh, personal branding, and now kind of employer advocacy is the new hot topic in a in kind of um, with recruitment consultants and with marketeers and within recruitment. 
Absolutely, I should probably learn how to say it properly. <laughs> it's all right. Case. I've got to put my dentures in to get, to, to get that one out, so it's all right. Um, yeah, so uh, just kind of coming back to some of the stuff we, we kind of mentioned about the, the things to almost kind of avoid um, and the recruitment uh, kind of marketing and, and the marketing automation. Uh, you're picking up on your piece. I, you're right. There's always needs to be this um, strategy that sits behind it. Um, and there, but that's the same with anything that you're kind of always going to kind of roll out. Um, and, and with most pieces of automation, there still needs to be someone in the background monitoring all this, checking all this, and there needs to be this human touch all the way along the process, which, um, kind of brings me on to thinking about, well, this whole kind of, uh, argument around whether you can kind of replace a recruitment consultant with an algorithm. Well, it just, the job just changes, doesn't it? At that point, it just adapts to be something slightly different. You know, you're still the, you know, the, you're the recruitment overseer or whatever that would be basically at that point. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think what's interesting from the conversations I've been having with employers about automation is where it works best. Because there are lots of horror stories about, um, you know, rogue algorithms discriminating against people yes, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, and also we're not quite sure how many of those are actually true stories or just, um, you know, they just make for good, um, you know, clickbait newspaper yeah. content. Um, but I think where I've seen automation working really well is where it delivers great outcomes for everybody, where it makes recruiting better for everybody. So it's making it better for candidates because they're getting a better level of communication. Um, you know, they're able to do interviews in a more flexible timescale. They're, they're getting, um, you know, they're getting feedback, um, you know, based on, based on what they're doing. Uh, you know, it's working for recruiters cause it's making, it's making them, you know, it's, it's, it's removing repeatable tasks and giving them the opportunity to focus on the human aspects of their job. It's, uh, you know, creating more value for, um, you know, line managers because um, hiring managers, because they're getting better quality candidates through and they've not got the same, um, you know, demands on their time in terms of recruiting. And I think it's that that's where it really works, where you're Mm. getting great outcomes for everyone and i think if that's out of balance then that's where it becomes unhelpful and you know doesn't doesn't drive the industry you know doesn't drive the industry forward so you know if the if the candidates feel that they're literally being uh, you know screened by a, a you know a robot or a computer that says no or they don't have any um you know they're being judged on a very very small aspect of, of what they do or what they've done that's that's an issue um you know it, I, I, yeah i i think it, it's it's all about getting great better outcomes for everyone and i think that's where that's where it's really valuable um i, I completely agree and it, and it kind of brings me to the, my kind of feelings about um recruitment consultants and that this really should allow recruitment consultants to be more consultative you know and do and, and kind of step away from the traditional kind of sales role. And, and I've never really thought that recruitment consultants should be salespeople in the first place. I don't think that they're not really, they're not really sitting that, sitting that pot. And I know there's a, there's a kind of several kind of um, arguments online I've read recently about people as well, well, you know, recruitment is sales. And, and I don't generally believe that. I believe it's recruiters are much, you know, are beyond the salesperson. They're not trying to necessarily sell you anything. It's much more of a consultative role. And I think this kind of this, the technology aspect is an enabler towards kind of moving much more uh, in the, in that direction. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that we need to get to a position where recruiters are curious and excited about automation and really understanding it and looking into it rather than going back to this kind of pantomime oh no it's not you know you'll never replace me this has no place in recruiting recruiting is all about humans blah 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 blah, blah. you know they're not helpful they're not helpful arguments it's like everything is being automated in business at the moment and you know everything and there's no you know if you want to make a case for recruiting being special and and not being automated and um you know you need to kind of really understand this embrace it and see where it can be used properly because my, my biggest fear is that um you know talent acquisition and and recruiters um you know the more that we um resist this and don't understand it and say it's not for us the more likely it is to be imposed by um, you know, other aspects of a, of a business, a CEO or a CFO or whatever, who says, you know what, let's just automate that because, you know, I don't really understand the the, the value of it. So I think it's it's really important that um, recruiters understand this, um, embrace it, look at the advantages and, and work out where they fit in and how it makes them do their job better and then make that case to the stakeholders that they work with. And I think that's, um, that's just, that's critical. Um, and it does take, you know, it, it does take that role to a to to a new some new and interesting places beyond how we've traditionally thought of it. Um, and actually, you know, recruitment's primed for some kind of automation because actually, it's not the most complicated process in the world. Yes, it's got its, it's, its nuances depending on which what type of your role you're recruiting for and where and which industry, etc. But it's a fairly almost linear process, and you know, and there are definitely bits in that that chunks that can just be picked off, which are completely useless that a person should be doing them in the first place. Really, yeah, I completely agree, and I think you know, if you if you disagree with that, I think you need to take a step back and look at look at how you live the rest of your life and how much of that is automated and you know whether that's uh you know i don't know banking or shopping or you know whatever that whatever that might be it's um you know it's it, it's it's the, the theme of our age and i think it's really important that recruitment understands it and takes the lead in how it works in our industry rather than um sitting back and waiting for someone else to 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 to, to do it to us um I mean, I don't think that's going to happen because knowing recruiters and recruitment in general, you know, we're generally pretty slow into pick up on, on new tech. Um, and then when it does come along, it's usually kind of running scared from it. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember when job boards popped up and that was going to be the end of recruitment. Then LinkedIn came along and that was going to be the end of recruitment. Um, and actually, the way it's working now is that recruitment has easily outlived job boards, which are kind of on the slide and people are kind of finding ways around them. Uh, and LinkedIn is turning into a social media platform or social networking platform. So it's kind of out, outlived that as well, almost to a certain and extent. Think, yeah. And I think that's the whole thing. I think um, the, the, the conversations around, around all of this just tend to be so simplistic. It's like, you know, either something is going to come and kill recruiting or uh, recruiting is broken and it needs fixing. And you know, these are massive, ridiculous generalizations that don't actually mean anything. So it's not really surprising that, that that's that that's happened because you know we're talking about so you know for example um my wife asked me last year why there were so many uh 
recruiting conferences and in her industry you know there are like a few you know two or three conferences a year and she's like there seems to be some kind of conference or event in recruiting every week um, and there still is online yeah. now yeah. Um, and that's because it's such a big complicated industry you know it, there are there are millions of people working in it every single company interfaces with it regardless of the industry they're in you know which yes it's a simple concept and a simple linear process but it's very very complicated in yeah i mean i over i oversimplified it to be honest yeah no no but you didn't you didn't yeah. you you, you I, I totally get what you're saying but what i'm saying is when people make those stonking generalizations about this is going to kill recruitment consultants or recruitment is broken and my technology is going to fix it it's just nonsense because it's yeah. it's applying a very simple solution to a very complex question. And if there's anything that 2020 teaches us, it's that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> um, so we spent a lot of time talking around kind of automation as one of the yeah. things that's gonna that's gonna dominate the recruitment landscape within an, you know over the coming coming years. Is there anything else that you've kind of seen that's coming along that we should be aware of outside of kind of automation? Yeah. Um I suppose, I mean, lots of stuff, but, um, you know, in keeping with your show, let's talk about recruitment marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think programmatic advertising, targeting, you know, I, I think this is, this, this is, this is the future. Mm -hmm. Um, it's particularly the future now because for many companies, the last thing they need is a massive generic volume of applications. They're looking for very, uh, precise skills, and I think that um, embracing some of the brilliant ways of of targeting people um, and some of the sort of you know the programmatic approaches and technologies that are out there, the data that's available, um, you know, all of these things, I think, are, um, you know, are really, really, you know, are really interesting and sort of really critical to the way we move forward. And I think that that twenty twenty has shifted that along. Because um, you know, people when their 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 kind of advertising budgets come back for recruiting, they they're going to look at look at things very very differently after um, the kind of the break and the pause that we've had that we've had this year. And I think that's that's really interesting, and that is again something I've got my eye on for the next uh, two years. Um, and I tell you, what I wanted to quickly. Uh, you, you've mentioned a couple of times that you're kind of obviously focusing on certain things that you're going to. Um, pick up on in the podcast, but also uh, I know you uh, as a, are an author and on a, you have released several kind of uh, white papers over the last kind of um, couple of years as well. Um, and these these are the kind of topics that you're going to be picking up in in, in those as well. Yeah, um, I I also tend to write about broader things as well. So I've got a real interest in just in talent generically. What do we mean by? Yeah. Um, what do we mean by talent? How do people recruit talent? How do people develop talent? So um, I've got a white paper coming out in a few weeks time, which is all about, um, it, it, it's kind of all about the kind of the technical acceleration in um, um, in learning development and performance management and developing skills. Um, I'm working on a second book with my with my good friend Mervyn Dinner at the moment, which has mm -hmm. been um, slightly delayed for a number of reasons, but particularly um, because of the pandemic this year. But we're hoping that's coming out early next year. Um, and that's about, again, a broader look at talent in the post-COVID world and how the how all the technology um, works around it. So, so, so really, yeah, my, my focus is very much on uh, recruiting automation, but also 
broader thinking about talent and how companies get skills into um, you know how how employers get the right skills into their business. Do they develop people? Do they hire people? Do they borrow those skills? How do you know? How does um, you know contracting and gig economy? How does that how does that develop? So um, you know it's it's always very technology um, driven at its heart, but 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 it's it's kind of all of those it's all of those things. Um, and what we'll do, we'll include uh, some links to the in the show notes to to where people can can pick up the book. Um, and if if this kind of coincides with the white paper coming out, we'll also include a link to the uh, to the white paper. Um, Matt, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, uh, you can sit there and baffle me with kind of recruitment tech for for, for hours, but uh, I'm not I'm not sure everyone else is going to kind of stick stick with me for that long. But uh, yeah, again, so thank you very much for joining me today, um, and uh, I hope to again speak to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. You've been listening to the Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinking Circles. Available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Just search the Marketing Rules Podcast or visit www.themarketingrules.com. To work with James or Thinking Circles, visit www.thinkincircles.com. Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.